السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. إن الحمد لله نحمده تعالى ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا. من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له. وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله. صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أما بعد فنحمد الله سبحانه وتعالى الذي يسر لنا هذا اللقاء وهذا المجلس الطيب المبارك الذي أسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى أن يجعله مفتاح خير وبركة ورحمة لنا جميعا ونشكر الإخوة القائمون نشكر الإخوة القائمين على مركز طيبة المبارك على ما رتبوا من هذه الدروس المباركة الطيبة نسأل الله عز وجل أن يبارك فيهم وفي جهودهم وأن يجزي الجميع خير الجزاء ومجلسنا في هذا اليوم كما أعلن عنه هي عبارة عن دروس مختصرة في صفة وضوء النبي صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم وإن شاء الله نشرع بعد ترجمة هذه المقدمة المختصرة في الدرس نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى لنا ولكم التوفيق والسداد Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So the Shaykh basically started off with a brief introduction. He praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing us to gather and to seek knowledge for the sake of Allah and that he gathered us in these auspicious durus and gatherings and he thanked uh, the brothers from Tayyiba Institute for gathering us again for this blessed cause and he made dua that Allah gives him tawfiq to continue the good works and then the Sheikh basically mentioned that we will be doing a brief introduction to the description of the wudu of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam من أحسن ما وجدت من الكتب المختصرة في صفة وضوء النبي صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم كتاب مختصر للشيخ فهد الشويب حفظه الله تعالى وقد سلك فيه مسلك أهل الحديث في ذكر مسائل صفة الوضوء صلى الله عليه وسلم مختصرة مدعمة بالأدلة مما ورد في الكتاب وفي السنة فهو كتاب نافع ومفيد على ما فيه من اختصار. So the Sheikh says that from the best books that he has found on this topic is a book by the Sheikh Fahad Ashwaib, Allah preserve him. And the Sheikh's book is a book that is upon the methodology of Ahlul Hadith of the scholars of Hadith, where he mentions all of his proofs and his evidences from the Quran uh, and from the Sunnah. And so this is the book that the Shaykh has chosen to go through, inshallah. 
شرع المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى في بداية المقدمة بذكر مقدمة مختصرة أختصر ما ذكر فيها في خمس نقاط النقطة الأولى ذكر فيها خطبة الحاجة وخطبة الحاجة عند أهل العلم هي سنة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في خطبه وكلماته فكان كثيرا ما يفتتح خطبه وكلمات عليه الصلاة والسلام بها كما جاء في صحيح مسلم من حديث جابر بن عبد الله مختصرا وجاء مطولا خارج الصحيح بأسانيد كثيرة صحيحة وقد جمعها شيخ الإسلام المتيمية رحمه الله في رسالة وشرحها وعلق عليها وخرج حديثها الشيخ الألباني رحمه الله رحمة واسعة وهو مشهور ومعروف والمقصود من هذا أن هذه طريقة بعض أهل العلم أن يفتتحوا الكتب بعد البسملة والحمدلة بخطبة الحاجة اقتداء بسنة النبي صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم ثم ذكر في هذه المقدمة ثانيا أنه اختصر مسائل صفة الوضوء في هذه الرسالة ودعمها بأدلة الكتاب والسنة وهذه كما قلنا طريقة أهل الحديث والأثر وهو سلك مسلك الشيخ الألباني رحمه الله في صفة صلاة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إلا أنه اختصر في هذه الرسالة بما يناسب صغرها ثم ثالثا بيّن رحمه الله أو حفظه الله أنه اختصر ليسهل وصول هذا العلم لمن لا يستطيع الوصول إليه لأن مسائل الطهارة قد ذكرت في كتب مطولة ومتوسطة ومختصرة لكن ربما لا يسهل على كل أحد الوصول إلى تلك المسائل فحاول اختصارها في هذه الرسالة وهذه طريقة نافعة ينبغي كذلك أن يسلكها الدعاة وطلبة العلم في تسهيل وصول مسائل العلم لمن لا يستطيع الوصول إليها بكتابة المختصرات وكذلك الكلمات والمحاضرات والمطويات لما يحصل به النفع نعم هذه الثلاث تبدأ بها uh, then the Sheikh mentions that in the muqaddimah with the introduction to the book the Sheikh there are five points that, that the Sheikh will mention of that, that, uh, the author, uh, that the author mentioned in the introduction the first point is that he starts off with khutbah al-hajah which is the famous khutbah that we all aware of that we hear often uh, the khatibs and the imams they begin the khutbah with the, uh, and this is from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he would start many of his khutbahs with khutbah al-hajah uh, so the Sheikh he follows the same methodology by starting off with khutbah al-hajah secondly uh, the Sheikh has made the book a mukhtasar which means it's just a concise summary of the subject and he has mentioned them in point form the wudu of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he has mentioned the evidences 
for each point and this is the methodology of Ahlul Hadith and the Sheikh mentions that the author followed the same methodology that Sheikh Al-Albani rahimahullah followed in his book Sifatul Salatul Nabi He wrote a book on the description of the Prophet's prayer which is found in the English language and so this author followed the same methodology by making the book easy and this was point number three that the book is a book that's very easy to understand and very easy to read so that the beginners and the lay people can take hold of this book and benefit from the book and he mentions that this is the way that the teachers and the du'at those who are calling to Ahlul Sunnah Jama'ah and those who are teaching others they should follow a similar methodology by making things simple and easy so that the knowledge is easily understood and so that it can reach the people in a very simple, uh, simplistic manner so that each and everyone can understand. وَهَكَذَا مِمَّا يُنَاسِدْ ذِكْرُهُ مِمَّا أُشِيرَ إِلَيْهِ فِي الْمُقَدِّمَةِ رَابِعًا لشارة إلى أن ذكر الطهارة والاعتناء بها لأنه مفتاح للاعتناء بالصلاة الذي هو أحد أركان الإسلام الخمسة فهو الركن الثاني بعد الشهادتين بل هو الركن الأول من الأركان العملية وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ومفتاحها الطهور فالطهور أي الطهارة مفتاح الصلاة والصلاة ركن من أركان الإسلام لا يصح إسلام بدون صلاة ولا تصح صلاة بدون طهارة والأمر الخامس والأخير أن الطهارة كذلك التي منها الوضوء التي هي مفتاح هذه الصلاة الطهارة في الشرع لغض واسع يتناول الطهارة الحسية وهو الذي سنأخذه إن شاء الله مختصرا في هذا الكتاب أي طهارة البدن والثوب والمكان ومنه طهارة البدن بالوضوء وفيه مسائل كثيرة سيأتي الإشارة إليها مختصرا إن شاء الله وهكذا الطهارة المعنوية وهي الطهارة من الشرك والكفر والنفاق والبدع والمعاصي فالطهارة في الشرع طهارتان طهارة حسية وطهارة كذلك معنوية نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى أن يكسبنا الطهارتين جميعا So the third or the fourth point that the Sheikh mentions is the importance of Tahara and studying and understanding and knowing the rulings on Tahara because Tahara is the key to our Salah and there's no Salah without Tahara specifically Wudu and likewise the importance of Salah which is stressed in the Sharia it is the second pillar of Islam and it's the main pillar of our physical deeds so after our belief the main action that we are supposed to do the most important action that we have is the action of Salah and the key to the Salah is our Wudu so this is of course why this is a very important subject uh, that we need to understand and then the fifth point that the Sheikh made was that at-tahara according to the Sharia has two meanings at least 
it has a, a large meaning or a broad meaning of these two meanings is hissiya and ma'nawiya hissiya refers to your physical tahara like cleansing your thawb and cleansing your body and this is again where wudu fits in that we cleanse our body in a physical way so that we are in a state that is uh, valid to perform salah so this is what we will be discussing insha'Allah tahara hissiya and most specifically wudu and then tahara ma'nawiya which refers to a spiritual type of tahara where we cleanse ourselves from shirk and disbelief and bid'ah and innovations and also sins and evil deeds this is a second type of tahara that we have in the sharia and then the sheikh pointed over the dua to say that may allah grant us both types of tahara mm-hmm. that we can physically purify ourselves and also spiritually purify ourselves وأول ما يذكر من مسائل الوضوء معنى الوضوء لغة واصطلاحا اختلف أهل العلم في ذكر معنى الوضوء لغة واصطلاحا وأهم ما ذكر في معنى الوضوء لغة واصطلاحا أن الوضوء مأخوذ من الوضاءة وهو شيء فيه معنى التنقية مع التجمل والإحسان وهو كذلك في اصطلاح أهل العلم عرف بتعاريف أحسن هذه التعاريف التعبد لله بغسل أعضاء الوضوء ابتداء بالكفين وانتهاء بالقدمين على الصفة المخصوصة التي وردت بها أدلة الكتاب والسنة باختصار التعبد لله بغسل أعضاء الوضوء ابتداء بالكفين وانتهاء بالقدمين على ما جاءت به أدلة الكتاب والسنة Then the Sheikh mentions the definition of wudu So firstly wudu according to the Arabic language comes from the word wada'ah which means a type of purification or a type of beautification and also comes in the meaning of ihsan Um, and then according to the sharia what does wudu mean? wudu means according to the sharia that we (coughs) wash the parts of wudu starting with the hands and ending off with with the feet according to the evidences of the Quran in the sunnah so it will be washed in a specific way, starting from the hands to the feet. Uh, and it's a ta'abuddillah, meaning it's an act of worship that is done for the sake of Allah. So the first point of the, the definition is it's an act of worship, it's an act of servitude that's done for the sake of Allah. Uh, and what is the servitude? It's washing this particular part of wudu, starting from the hands and ending with the feet, according to the evidences that's mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah. ومهم جدا أن ننتبه لمعنى قول أهل العلم التعبد لله أي 
أنك يا أيها المسلم حين تشرع في الوضوء تستشعر أنك تؤدي عبادة لله سبحانه وتعالى فإذا فعلت ذلك خرجت هذه العبادة عن العادة وقبل الله منك وأجرت على ذلك ولهذا يدقق الكثير من أهل العلم في هذه اللفظة التعبد لله سبحانه وتعالى فينبغي أن تتعبد لله بأداء الوضوء وأن تحتسب وتستحضر أنك تؤدي عبادة لله سبحانه وتعالى في كل لحظة وأعظم من هذا ما جاء من أدلة كثيرة في فضائل الوضوء قد صح عن النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام في حديث أبي هريرة الصحيح أنه ما من عبد يتوضأ إلا ونزلت ذنوبه وخطاياه مع قطرات الماء من حين يبدأ الوضوء إلى أن ينتهي وكل أعضائنا فيها ذنوب اليد تذنب والوجه يذنب العين تذنب والقدم فإذا من أعظم فضائل الوضوء أن الله عز وجل يخرج الخطايا بهذا الماء الذي تمرره وتتعبد لله عز وجل بتطهير هذه الأعضاء وغير ذلك من الفضائل الكثيرة العظيمة التي وردت في فضل الوضوء الشيخ حفظ الله says that the word التعبد لله again many of the scholars paid close attention to this word and this word again we said it means that this is an act of worship an act of servitude for the sake of Allah and we need to understand this word that when we take wudu it should not be an ada it should not be a customary or by the way thing that we do every day before every salah we just wash these parts rather we need to understand and remember and feel that as you are washing these parts this is an act of worship that I'm doing so it requires your attention it requires your niyyah it, it requires your focus that I'm worshipping Allah through washing these parts it's not like a, a normal wash and then the Sheikh mentioned that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said in a hadith narrated by Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu that when a person takes wudu every part that he washes that water that he is using and that washing is a washing away of his sins so as every drop falls from your body a sin falls along with it and the Sheikh said that each body part has its own sins like your eyes has a sin, your hand commit sin, your feet commit sin so as you are washing these parts you are washing away the sins of those parts and this requires us again to reflect that when we wash these parts we need to understand it's not just a, a by the way action rather it's ta'abud lillah it is a it's an act of worship which requires us to, to feel this worship so that we can appreciate the wudu uh, appropriately and there are many other virtues of wudu uh, the sheikh also mentioned وفي حديث أبي هريرة في الصحيحين يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لو أن نهرا بباب أحدكم يغتسل منه خمس مرات هل يبقى من درني من شيء يسأل الصحابة فقالوا لا يبقى من درنه من شيء يا رسول الله يعني إنسان لو يغتسل خمس مرات بالماء هل يبقى 
الدرن هذا الشيء اليسير الذي يعلق على الجلد الجلد الميت الجلد الميت هذا درن اذا قلت هكذا يخرج شيء من الجلد الميت اذا اغتسل خمس مرات هل يبقى من درنه من شيء قالوا لا قال هذا مثل الصلوات الخمس الصلوات الخمس مع الوضوء طبعا تطهر الطهاره الحسيه وتطهر الطهاره المعنويه الحسيه لا يبقى من درنك شيء والمعنويه الذنوب والخطايا تخرج ولهذا كان النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام يحب أن يجدد الوضوء مع كل صلاة لماذا؟ للمصلحتين جميعا وهكذا ينبغي أن تكون أنت يا أيها المسلم تستحضر دائما فضل الوضوء والطهارة وتجتهد في تحصيلها والتعبد لله عز وجل بها واستحضار قلبك لعظيم منزلتها وفوائدها الشيخ مينشن هذا حديث صحيح بخاري المسلم وصل نرتب بعض الغرير الرجل عنه فذكره صلى الله عليه وسلم سيد if a if there was a river in front of somebody's house and this person had to pass through this river five times a day would there be any daron remaining on his body and the sheikh mentioned that daron is something that that grows on the the dead person's body it's like a type of dirt that grows on your body like a dead person when it stands and you were to scrape it off is something that comes off so it's like a type of dirt and so he asked the sahaba will there be any daran on his body and they said there will be no daran on his body and then he said to them this is like the five daily salah that every time you make wudu that salah that daran is removed from you and of course that salah goes with wudu so there's two benefits from this there's both taharas which we mentioned the tahara hissiya and ma'nawiya that's physical tahara we get from wudu that we wash away the dirt on our bodies and secondly this tahara ma'nawiya as well that we get a spiritual cleansing every time we take wudu so every time we take wudu we are washing away our sins as we mentioned so by wudu we get both taharas the physical type of tahara and also the spiritual type of tahara and this is why he says oh muslim we should understand the importance of wudu that when we wash ourselves and when we take wudu we need to remember that this is a great action and it's a great act of worship that has so many benefits to it and this is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he used to renew his wudu for every salah he preferred to take wudu for every salah because of these two benefits which two benefits? the two types of purification physical and spiritual so we should try and follow the sunnah of this and to keep in mind the virtue of wudu so that it becomes an act of worship and not just a by the way wash that we almost forced to do and that's it وفي الصحيحين عن عدد من الصحابة رضي الله عنهم عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال عليه الصلاة والسلام إن أمتي يبعثون يوم القيامة غرا محجلين من آثار الوضوء فمن فضائل الوضوء يا أيها المسلم أن الله عز وجل يبعثك يوم القيامة بنور في مواضع الوضوء نور كالخيل الذي لها علامة بيضاء في رؤوسها وفي أقدامها تكون جميلة وهكذا أهل الإسلام يوم القيامة يجملهم الله بهذا الوضوء فيكون النور فيراهم النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام ويدعوهم إلى الحوض من دون سائر الناس حتى جاء في الحديث الآخر 
كيف تعرف أصحابك يا رسول الله من تلك الأمة جميعا قال بآثار الوضوء فهم بآثار الوضوء يبعثون بنور يميزهم الله من سائر الأمم فإذا لا تبخل على نفسك بالتعبد لله بهذا الوضوء نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى أن يطهر قلوبنا وإجسادنا من سائر الدرن اللهم آمين الشيخ مينشنز نادتو أحاديث وإن البرفس الله عليه وسلم سيد ذات مع أمة وبي ريزريكتر ونداف قيامة غر المحجرين meaning they will have they will be glowing and shining on the day of قيامة and it will be the parts of wudu that will be shining and glowing so every part that we wash this will be shining and glowing with nur on the day of Qiyamah and this is how the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will recognize his ummah from amongst all of the other ummahs and um, other nations that will be there and it's mentioned in another hadith how do you know your, your, your people or those who are from your ummah or messenger of Allah and he said min athari wudu from the traces of wudu this is how he will recognize his ummah and so this is why again remember it's an act of worship when we take wudu remember you are purifying yourself and on the day of qiyamah these parts that you took care of washing in this world will be shining and glowing in the akhirah and this is how rasulullah will recognize you and he will then invite you to the haud to his his pond by which he will be uh, the ummah will be given to drink from uh, and this is how he recognizes the ummah طيب نقف إن شاء الله اليوم لهم إذا كان عندهم أسئلة أو شيء في هذا المقدم كم بقي لنا عشر دقائق أو خمس دقائق؟ لا نص ساعة عشرين دقيقة هكذا؟ طيب إذا نوصل إن شاء الله سكب خير ما ظننت عشر دقائق إلا ربع عرفوا إيش؟ twenty minutes twenty twenty أوكي نقف عشر دقائق إن شاء الله ماذا ذكرون حتى نتابع شوي نمشي عليه الآية لا يقول الله صلاة لا بالبيطان نعم ومن أول مسائل الوضوء أن أهل العلم يذكرون الآية آية الوضوء قول الله عز وجل يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا قمتم إلى الصلاة فاغسلوا وجوهكم وأيديكم إلى المرافق وامسحوا برؤوسكم وأرجلكم إلى الكعبين وإن كنتم جنوبا فاتطهروا هذه الآية في سورة المائدة تسمى آية الوضوء لأن الله عز وجل ذكر فيها صفة الوضوء ولكن لا يخفى علينا معاشر المسلمين والمسلمات أن سنة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم توضح وتفسر وتبين القرآن ولا يمكن لمسلم أن يقول أنا أكتفي بالقرآن لا الله عز وجل أنزل القرآن مع من؟ مع الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم لماذا؟ لأجل الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم يوضحه ويبينه ويفسره للناس ولذلك قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام في الحديث الصحيح ألا إني أتيت القرآن ومثله معه يعني مفسر ومبين لا ولهذا قال الله عز وجل مبينا هذا المعنى يا أيها الذين آمنوا أطيعوا الله وأطيعوا الرسول 
لأن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما يدعو إلى ماذا؟ إلى طاعة الله فهو يدعو إلى طاعة الله ويبين ما أراد الله سبحانه وتعالى ولهذا أنزل الله الكتب ومع الكتب أرسل من؟ الرسل لأجل الرسل يبينوا ويوضحوا السنة القرآن بالسنة التي يوحي الله عز وجل إليهم وهنا نقطة مهمة جدا لماذا ننبه بهذا التنبيه؟ لأن الكثير من أهل البدع والأهواء ظلوا في مسائل كثيرة في العقيدة وفي الفقه بسبب إهمالهم لسنة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ظنوا أنه يكفي أن يأخذوا الأحكام من القرآن وهذا خطأ بل لابد أن نفهم القرآن بما فسره وبينه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في السنة وسيأتي معنا إن شاء الله أحاديث كثيرة تفسر آية الوضوء منها حديث عثمان في الصحيحين كما سيأتي معنا إن شاء الله وأحاديث كثيرة أخرى إن شاء الله The first issue that the Sheikh mentions is the ayah of wudu. What is referred to as the ayah of wudu in Surah Ma'idah where Allah says, Oh, you who believe, when you stand for salah, then wash your faces and wash your hands or your arms up to the elbows, wipe your heads and wash your feet up until over the ankles. This is what's regarded as the ayah of wudu. This is in Surah Ma'idah, verse number 7. Verse number 7 in Surah Ma'idah. So this is the ayah of wudu. Wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes to us the wudu and how it should be done and the, the sequence of the wudu. However, we have many ahadith that also clarifies to us the way that the wudu should be done in much more detail. And on this point the Sheikh mentions that it's not sufficient for us to just take ayat of the Quran and say we will be sufficed with the Quran. Rather we have to take the ahadith and follow the ahadith as well. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O you who believe, obey Allah and obey the Messenger. And we know that the Sunnah or the Prophet was sent to clarify to us the Quran and to explain the Quran and to give clarification over what's meant by the ayat of the Quran. So it's not sufficient and it's not good enough that we say that we will just suffice with the Quran and that's it. And the Sheikh mentions that many people from the people of innovation and the people of, uh, who follow their desires have gone astray, have been misguided because they, this is their claims, that we will only follow what's in the Qur'an. And they, will, they do not give enough importance to the Sunnah of the Prophet And this is why the Sheikh is mentioning this point in detail. Because uh, the Qur'an has not just been revealed. The Qur'an has been revealed with the message of Allah Sallallahu who came and explained the Qur'an, who narrated the Qur'an to us. And then the ahadith came to give us further tafsir, further interpretation, further explanation, just like the other books were sent before the Qur'an. It was not just a book, the books came down with messengers. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the sunnah of Allah basically. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works. قول الله عز وجل يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا قمتم إلى الصلاة وكما قال ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه سمعت يا أيها الذين آمنوا فرعي لها سمعك يعني أنه شيء مهم 
والله نادانا بنداء الإيمان ليبين لنا أن ما سيأتي بعده هو من الإيمان فالطهارة من الإيمان ولهذا جاء في حديث أبي هريرة في الصحيحين الإيمان بضع وستون وفي رواية بضع وسبعون شعبة أعلاها قول لا إله إلا الله وأدناها إماطة الأدى عن الطريق والحياء شعبة من شعب الإيمان والشاهد أن هذا الحديث بيّن أن للإيمان شعب كثيرة وجاء في حديث آخر في حديث بهرير في الصحيحين قال عليه الصلاة والسلام والطهور شطر الإيمان يعني الطهارة نصف الإيمان لماذا؟ لأن الإيمان كما قال العلماء تحلية وتخلية الإيمان هو أن تخرج ما يبغضه الله وأن تبقي وتحافظ وتجمع ما يحبه الله فمما أمرنا الله بإخراجه هو الأخبات والأنجاس وهذا يكون بالطهارة وهذا نصف وهو كما قلنا حسي كهذه الذي سيأتي الكلام عليها ومعنوي كالشرك والكفر والنفاق والبدع والمعاصي فهذا نصف وما هو النصف الآخر؟ النصف الآخر أن تحلي نفسك بخصال الإيمان والإسلام والإحسان الذي بها يتحقق طاعتك وعبادتك لله سبحانه وتعالى إذن الإيمان قسمين قسم تخلية وهذا هو الطهارة وقسم تحلية وهذا هو الشرع الذي أمر الله عز وجل المسلم بالتمسك به واتباعه سبحان الله سبحانه وتعالى سيز يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا قمتم إلى الصلاة أو يوه بليف when you stand for صلاة but the point that the sheikh is mentioning is يا أيها الذين آمنوا أو يوه بليف or you have believed and there are many ayat like this but yet the sahabi Abdullah ibn Mas'ud he said when you hear an ayah like this Allah is the one who is addressing you or you who believe Allah is addressing you directly so you should listen up and pay attention because whatever is going to be mentioned in this ayah is a part of iman whatever is going to be mentioned in any of these ayat where Allah says ya ayuhaladina amanu is a part of iman so we need to listen up and pay attention to what's being mentioned so what is being mentioned in this ayah is the ayah of wudu. Tahara is mentioned, which means tahara is a part of iman. Tahara is a part of our iman. And that's why a hadith is al tahara shatrul iman. Tahara is half of our iman. Our purification is half of our iman already. And this is of two types. Iman is also of two types. At-takhliya and at-tahliya. The first half is takhliya. And this is where this hadith fits in, that's what tahara is, half of the iman. It's the takhliya part of the iman. What is takhliya? It's that part where you purify yourself, where you cleanse yourself physically, you stay away from all najis, you stay away from all things that are dirty and impure. And you cleanse yourself from spiritual diseases, like shirk, like kufr, like hypocrisy and nifaq, and all of the major sins and so forth. So this is the half of Iman that refers to Tahara, physical and spiritual. When we cleanse ourselves like this, we have already fulfilled half of our Iman. So what's the other half of Iman? It's Tahliya, which is 
where you beautify yourself by obeying the commands of Allah, by doing that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. So by fulfilling the commands of Allah, this is the rest of Iman. You are now beautifying yourself with Iman and Ihsan by perfecting your worship and so forth. So this is Iman, it's of two types. Takhliya, it's like purification, that's your tahara section. Cleanse yourself physically and spiritually. And then tahliya, you beautify yourself with the commandments of Allah. By, by getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and going through the phases of Islam, Iman and Ihsan. And Allah knows best. ثُمَّ ذَكَرَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ قَوْلَهُ إِذَا قُمْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ وَمَعْنَى إِذَا قُمْتُمْ أَيْ إِذَا أَقْبَلْتُمْ عَلَى الصَّلَاةِ وَأَرَدْتُمْ الشُّرُوعُ وَالدُّخُولُ فِيهَا وَمَعْنَى أَنَّهُ لَا صَلَاةَ إِلَّا بِطَهَارًا والسنة فسرت هذا كما في حديث أبي هريرة الصحيحين لا يقبل الله صلاة أحدكم إذا أحدث حتى يتوضأ أي لا تقبل صلاة إلا بوضوء وفي الحديث الآخر يقول عليه الصلاة والسلام لا يقبل الله صلاة بغير طهور إذا لابد من الطهارة لتقبل هذه الصلاة فهي من شروط الصلاة ومفتاح يفتتح بها الصلاة كما سيأتي معنا إن شاء الله Then the ayah says إذا قمتم إلى الصلاة What does this mean? This means when you approach the salah When you come towards the salah So as you are coming to the salah The ayah of wudu This is how it applies And this is where the hadith of Abu Hurairah Comes in Where the Prophet said The prayer of anyone of you Who has broken his wudu Will not be accepted Unless he renews his wudu Or unless he makes wudu And also the hadith of Ibn Umar Where Allah does not accept the salah without tahoor no. without tahoor meaning without purification so this is the key to your salah it's from the shurut meaning the conditions of the salah this is how we start our salah this, the, this is the key to opening the salah and this is what the ayah means as you are approaching you need to have the key to open the door that you are approaching this is what the ayah is telling you as you are approaching the salah you need that wudu which is your key to opening the salah وهكذا قوله سبحانه وتعالى فاغسلوا وجوهكم وأيديكم إلى المرافق قال العلماء ذكر الله عز وجل في هذه الآية الأركان ولا يعني عدم ذكر غيرها عدم شرعيتها بل وعدم وجوب بعضها ولهذا قلنا كما في البداية السنة تفسر وتبين وتوضح القرآن فهنا أول الأعضاء ذكرا هو الوجه بينما سنة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بينت أن أول ما يبدأ به المتوضئ هو قوله بسم الله لما صح عنه عليه الصلاة والسلام أنه لا وضوء لمن لم يذكر اسم الله عليه فإذا لابد من التسمية على القول الصحيح من أقوال أهل العلم لمن استحضر ذلك وذكره 
فيجب عليه أن يبدأ الوضوب بالبسملة ابتداء وامتثالا لأمر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بالسنة الصحيحة وسيأتي معنا إن شاء الله So the ayah starts off with فاغسلوا وجوهكم Wash your faces and your arms and the elbows and your heads and so forth So the sheikh says that this ayah mentions the alkan of wudu the pillars of wudu so you could say the main parts of wudu but the pillars meaning that which is not mentioned in the ayah that doesn't mean that it's not important or that it should be avoided rather the ayah just mentions the pillars and then the sunnah comes and does tafsir of this ayah the actions of the Prophet the teachings of the Prophet will expound on the ayah uh, and so what we find from the, the sunnah is that the first thing that we should do when taking wudu is is to say bismillah as the hadith says there is no wudu there is no wudu for the one who does not mention the name of Allah there is no wudu for the one who does not mention the name of Allah and so this is why the sheikh says this is the first thing that we should start with even though it's not mentioned in the ayah but the sunnah explains the ayah the hadith explains the ayah in more detail so the first thing we do is we start with the tasmiyah. The tasmiyah is the, the bismillah. This is the first thing. And this is iqtida'an wa amtithalan. This is done out of following and imitating the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa huna ta'ati mas'ala itmaman lilfa'idah. Yas'al anha al-kathir. Yaqul kayfa idha tawadda'atu fi al-hammam. Kayfa adkur ismallah. Al-jawab tuharrik shafatayik biha. ولذلك يفضل ويستحب أن يكون مكان الوضوء غير مكان الاستنجاء وهذه سنة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فإنه كان إذا دخل الخلاء لم يتوضأ في المكان الذي استنجاء فيه كما جاء في الصحيحين في حديث موجمونة وحديث عائشة في صفة غسل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يستنجي ثم يغير المكان ثم يتوضأ وضوءه للصلاة قال العلماء في هذا دليل على أنه لا ينبغي أن يتوضأ في نفس المكان الذي استنجاء فيه أولا لأجل لا يتناثر أثر الاستنجاء في جسده يبتعد ثانيا أنه يستطيع أن يسمي الله باختلاف المكان ولذلك اليوم بفضل الله في الحمامات الحديثة مكان الوضوء المغسل ليس مكان الاستنجاء فإذا انتقلت إلى ذاك المكان ويفضل أن يكون هناك عازل بين مكان الاستنجاء وبين مكان الوضوء فأنت تذكر اسم الله وتسمي الله فإذا كان نفس المكان تسمي بشفتيك فقط بدون صوت بدون صوت if you are in a, in a toilet. So the Sheikh says that if you are in a toilet and you, need, you start the wudu, you say it with your lips only, without any sound. So it's as if you're saying it to yourself, right? This is how it should be done. Uh, and this is why the benefit, or, or there is great benefit in taking wudu in a place where it's not a toilet, where you do not do istinja. And this is from the Sunnah of the Prophet as well. When he did his in a place, he would leave that place and take wudu elsewhere. For two benefits. Number one, you can say the Bismillah easily with no worry. And secondly, so that 
there's no remnants of your istinja and you know it may not get onto your body and so forth uh, and the najis and so forth doesn't travel onto your body so we should try and take wudu in a place where there is no uh, toilet where istinja is done if it if you have to you say the bismillah by moving your lips only meaning without any without any sound without any sound and that's why the sheikh says it's quite beneficial today where we have a toilet and then the wudu facility is separate so that there's no issue that that comes about uh when you say the bismillah or the basmala and you are not in the inside of the toilet or in the, in the place where istinja is, is, is done <laughs> وهكذا شيخنا الشيخ ابن عثيمين رحمه الله وشيخنا الشيخ مقبل رحمه الله وجماعة من العلماء يعني أنك إذا كنت في الخلاء تقول بسم الله بشفتك ليس بالصوت طيب نكتفي بهذا القدر إلى هنا والحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله عليه وسلم على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم جزاكم الله خير Sheikh bin Thaymin and Sheikh Muqbil ibn Hadi al-Hawadi'i rahimahullah ta'ala which were three of the leading scholars of our, of our, of our, of our century and may Allah have mercy on them um, and then the Sheikh ended off here and will continue the next dars inshallah and he's opening the floor to any questions that anybody may have may ask the Sheikh anything that, that or yes um, just the, on the issue of, um, of the Eastern Jai in the Huzo um, do you mean like if there's a, if it's like a restroom that has toilets and a wash basin facility, is that when you only move your lips when you if you need to make a room in an area like that? Thanks, sir. No. يعني إذا كان المكان الاستنجاء ليس في نفس المكان not in same area يعني لا بس يتكون بالصوت. ولكن إذا كان في نفس المكان في باب ونفس الغرفة فقط أنستود بك عنصر إذا كان في نفس المكان في تويلت وفي نفس البيسن لن تكون تتحدث بسم الله 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 لن تكون الصغائر الذي ذكرت الحديث إلا الكبائر مجتنبة الكبائر الكبائر تحتاج توبة هذه بدون توبة so as the sins that are being washed off is your minor sins and not the major sins major sins require توبة special توبة if the sisters have any questions they can write it down or so the same applies if, if the bathroom and the toilets in the same. When you take make ghusl, you make just yes. Also, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I told you the hadith is go change change the place and yes. When he did his sinja, he would move to a different place to wash, and he would say Bismillah with it. So the same applies to the ghusl. That's what the Sheikh said. Yes. قبل دخول الحمام لا يطول الوقت وسيستنجي وسيفعل أشياء بسم الله ها هو يقول الآن يقول بسم الله قبل الاستنجاء لا قبل دخول الحمام 
ولكن حمام لماذا؟ للاستنجاء او للوضوء؟ And you can say Bismillah before you enter. Yes, Alhamdulillah. Because the time period is very, very small. Every step you take is a removal of your sin and a raising of your rank. But this is a by condition that you yeah. took wudu at home. So it's better to take it home. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, uh, I asked the sheikh, this reward of walking to the masjid, does it apply to the car as well? So he said, yes, but if you take wudu first, and every time your wheel turns, <laughs> every time the wheel turns, you raise the right. <laughs> This is the view of Ibn Sayyid, rahimahullah, as well. متى الدرس القادم؟ نفس الوقت صح؟ سبت اسبوع نفس الوقت كل سبت فقط انا قلت لكم تختاروا انا ما عندي مشكله سبت 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 Unless you want to meet tomorrow, the sheikh's lady. <laughs> Saturday, inshallah. Please listen. Saturday, inshallah. Saturday, inshallah. Part two, inshallah. Other questions? Ladies? Ask your questions now, don't be shy. If you have a question, ask. That everybody can benefit from the answer. Oh, okay. So another room there. This will sort it out. الغرفة الأخرى فاضي ممكن نصلي الزيادة هناك نعم يا مشايخ خاص كويشنز؟ اتس جود؟
هذا شيء جديد الان من المانيا صار صاروا يصنعوه ببلجيكا بخاخ مع العطر شويه يتوضأوا فيه يعني هذا اكثر ما يكون ديكور من ان يكون طهاره حقيقيه اذا اذا الوضوء صحيح يجوز مره مره سمعتم السؤال لعل ان شاء الله الذي ما سمعت سيذكر السؤال ان شاء الله وساره الان في شيء جديد تجاري اكثر من ان يكون مساله عباده بخاخ سبراي للوضوء تصور انت سبراي لكل وضوء كم سيكون كم سيشتري الناس من هذا السبراي وهو صغير جدا كل وضوء واحد يكفي ممكن لواحد يوم الشاهد الوضوء كما صح عن النبي عليه الصلاه والسلام في حديث ابن عباس في البخاري وغيره مره مره مرتين مرتين وثلاثا ثلاثا يجوز مره يجوز مرتين يجوز ثلاثه لكن بتعميم الماء على الجسد كاملا فاذا حصل التعميم بمره بهذا البخاخ وهذا البخاخ فيه ماء ليس لان الوضوء لا يجوز الا بالماء اذا كان فيه ماء فهو جائز لكن الذي نخشاه امران امر الاول ان هذا الذي فيه الماء قليل اكثره مواد كيماويه حتى يكون بخاخ يعني مثل الكحول او اشياء كيماويه تدفع ان يكون بخاخ الامر الثاني واذا كان كذلك فهذا لا يجوز ان الوضوء لابد يكون بالماء الامر الثاني وهو الاهم ان في هذا اسراف ونهينا عن الاسراف بالمال كم سيكون قيمه البخاخ يعني لو ذهبت في اي مكان تجد الماء في المطار في اي مكان اذا ما وجدت الماء التيمم التيمم بل قال بعض اهل العلم اذا صار الماء غاليا مكلفا التيمم ولا تشتري الماء بالاسراف فالتيمم قبل الاسراف فما بالكم ان يفتح شركه لهذه التجاره اذا لهذين الامرين لاجل نتاكد اولا انهما وثانيا لا يكون فيه اسراف بهذين الشرطين يجوز الوضوء بهذا السبراي سؤال شيخ في شيء اخر ليس هذا شيء اخر انا سئلت عن هذا من قبل انا ظننت هذا مثلا هنا يدخل الماء ثم من ال مع هذا ال ايوه فقط أيوة. اشوف الحاجه الناس يمشي ايوه اللي في الحجاج هذا ايوه هذا جائز ان شاء الله جائز لانه يذكر انه ما ما يمشي ما يجري لا 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 ليس شرط اهم شيء يستوعب العضاء طيب يستوعب هذا هذا المهم طيب so the question was about the spray bottle can you take wudu using a spray bottle as we saw when the, the day zero was approaching and people used to use the spray bottles and so forth So the Sheikh gave an answer that he understood something differently from the answer. He mentioned that you get these uh, small little bottles like this that has water in it that is being sold specifically for wudu. So the Sheikh was talking about israf, if you heard, which is, you know, sp- spending and wasting money. He was talking about people that go and buy these things, spe- which is specifically for wudu. So it's like one small bottle, and every time you get another bottle, the Sheikh was saying it's like a business... Uh, 
It's more like a money-making scheme that's out there, man. As for the ruling on the wudu, he says, as long as it's water, then it's, it's permissible. Because the fear is that those, those items he was talking about, it may be mixed with chemicals like vapor or other things to make it spurt water. Understand? But then I told the Sheikh that the question is, you know, something else, it's, it's about what, what I mentioned, like the day zero issue. Uh, can you use a water spray? He said there's absolutely no issue with that. And then I mentioned because there's a concern about the water doesn't flow. And this is, uh, you know, and the Sheikh said that's not a condition, there's no issue with that. As long as the water covers the part of the body that you are washing, like your entire arm, then it, it's, it's a valid wash. It doesn't actually have to be flowing water. Um, you say, um, like the, the water sometimes when they come out of the tap and it's white. So the, the stuff that they used to purify. Uh, one of the conditions the water must be clear, color mustn't change. But that's used to purify the water from the municipality. So if it comes out, it's not going to change immediately. Is it permissible to use that water? <coughs> the question was about water that sometimes you open the tap and the color of the water is changed so can you use that water so the chef said you can use the water as long as the name of the water hasn't changed so let's say it's water is mixed with something and it's still considered as water then that's that has to be so you mentioned if you take water and you mix it with a tea bag is it still water it's not water it's tea so you cannot take wudu with that because it's no longer considered as water even though it's still water but what's it mixed with a tea bag is no longer considered the the, the ism the, what's it considered as tea so you cannot use it even though predominantly what is it water but the name is no longer considered as water it's considered as tea that you cannot use to take wudu so the name must not change if it's mixed with something pure and secondly the, the ruling on the water so it's still considered as pure water even though the color is changed but it's changed due to something clean and pure if it's mixed with something najis something dirty and it changes then it's no longer considered as pure water it's now ma'un najis it's dirty water so in, in that case it would be permissible say for example you take the do at the office and they don't have sandals you put shoes on and you're washing your feet now uh, not to uh, wet your shoe can you dry your, your, your right hand side uh, feet before, before you wash the left foot before you wash the left foot you read the initiative regular or before 
yang dijelaskan Yumna awalnya, thumma qabla al-yusra. Yanshaf al-yumna. Ayo, jahiz. Lihat apa yanshaf? So if there's a need to do it, then there's no problem. Like if you fear that your shoes are going to get wet, then it's fine. Because otherwise it's to remove all the difficulty. So from that aspect, you fear that the question was, okay, the question was, if I'm going to wash my feet in an office, and I need to put my feet back in my shoe. Can I dry my right foot, then wash the left foot? So dry the right foot, put it in the shoe, then wash the left foot, right? So the chef says if there's a need for that, then it's permissible. So let's say you wash your right foot, you can then dry it, put it in your shoe, and then wash your left foot and dry it. Because you don't want your shoes to become wet. So to remove that difficulty, the chef says it's permissible. وجلس عشر دقائق ثم غسل الرجل اليسرى هذا في خلاف بين هذه العلم لأنه ما في توالي وتتابع للأعضاء الشيخ سيدي بنتي مثلا ليفت too long before you wash the left foot so if you're going to wash the right foot the left foot must be washed within a short space of time and not too long so you don't take too long drying the foot putting your socks on and you know just dry it and move to the left foot because they're having too long between the parts some of the ulama say that that can then you have to start the wudu from wrong uh, basically uh, just to add on to the question that the brother asked, um, the wife, so you, you, you're in a state of wudu, you've got your socks on, you've got your shoes on, and uh, I just want to know about the permissibility of wiping over your shoe, and how it should be done if it is permissible. <laughs> There are specific rulings attached to it that the chef will mention in detail. Um, my question is somebody who's got like, continuous bleeding or passing away and they take one wudu for one month. Okay, so now when they're traveling, when they're traveling and sometimes they join the two salahs like close to one another. And sometimes they make salah, they start the maghrib and maybe they end up Isha in Isha time. But now that person has got this issue, he's only supposed to keep wudu for one month. You know, and then take retake wudu. So is it permissible? What does this person do in this case? Does he have to leave? Stop the salah. No, no first take wudu for Isha and then come back. If he makes jam. You know, if they're making jam like traveling now, and it's Maghrib waqt, but now it's getting over to Isha. You know, this person has taken wudu in Maghrib. But if they're making jam, how are they making jam? Sometimes the waqt is like you know, it becomes very close. Look, the waqt will be one waqt, so the waqt issue shouldn't be an issue. So, yes, I'm Mustahab. Then, so the question is about the person who has irregular bleeding or he was still incontinent, right? Um, the ruling is that he needs to take wudu for every salah, right? Because he cannot control his private parts, okay? Um, so the question was about the traveler who combines the salahs. Do you take one wudu for both salah or do you have to take wudu between them even though you're combining? The Sheikh says one wudu is fine for both. So if you... Okay. So after uh, Last question. Last question. Just 
just an observation in the Urdu at the mosque. You find two people sitting next to each other and having a conversation while taking Urdu. Is this acceptable or will the Urdu be nullified? No problem. So the question was about two people in the wudu khana, they, they um, making wudu next to each other and they having a conversation. Yes, and then the sihat in wudu. إذا كان ما يشغل عن الوضوء حتى إذا كلام فاضي كلام فاضي في أي وقت هو مكروه ليس فقط مع الوضوء. okay so the question is about this talking to each other in the wudu. so the sheikh says firstly the wudu is valid because speaking in wudu doesn't invalidate the wudu like salah right secondly he says that it's not befitting because what's going to happen is you're not going to be focused and you might get confused. And make it was was and is the watching twice, thrice, and so forth. As for, so he said, if there's a need to talk, then no problem at all. If you need to tell somebody something, or maybe the guy made a mistake, or whatever, if there's a need to talk, you can talk. But if there's no need, then the the, the wudu is still valid, but it's not befitting, right? And it's not recommended. So I asked the sheikh, can we say it's makru? So he said, no. And then he said, any time to sit and talk nonsense is makro. Does it do or not? And of course, if you're ribbing and talking about people and accusing people, then, then it's definitely haram. That, yeah? irrespective of whether it's in the wudu or out of the wudu, understand? Just, just another point on, on, on water. Um, water is alive, and when you take wudu, um, I, I was told by one of the chefs, you take wudu, you mustn't try to wipe your body parts immediately because the water is also. Uh, a form of ibadah, praise. So the longer you have it on your body, uh, the more beneficial it will be. The longer you have it on your body. Yeah, I mean, you, you of course, you can die, but the same. Right? ตัวนั้นเนี่ยอ่าละตูนแล้วอาดัลมะยะบุดุลลาฮิตะบุดุลลาฮิอะลาเจสดิกนะฮะดัลคะลามไม่ใช่ซะฮีฮ์เอ่
to dry yourself, then you should, like if it's cold, or if you have a sickness or something. Um, but otherwise, it's, it's afdal bidun. It's actually better not to dry your body. Because the action of the Prophet not because of the reason that was, that was mentioned, but because the Prophet usually did not dry himself after wudu. He would just leave it as it is. But it's not haram either. Yeah. It's not haram either, but it's better not to die. But if there's a need, like if it's cold. So you're not going to sit there and freeze because, so, you know, in this case we say dry. Or if you have eczema, for example, you need to dry and put on ointment or whatever. Fungus. Best to dry. Fungus. Uh, any need. Any need. If you feel you need to dry yourself off and whatever, then you should, you should dry yourself off. You know, one of those There's one question for the females. لا يوجد أذكار خاصة في كل فعل من أفعال الوضوء لم يثبت هذا ولكن الذي ثبت بعد نهاية الوضوء سيأتي معنا إن شاء الله. طيب. So the question is about making a dua for every part or zikr for every part of the wudu, like when you wash your hands, your face, your mouth. So the Sheikh says this is not established in the Sharia. It's not from the Sunnah of the to make zikr uh, for each, each part. So we got the Basmalah before, and then there are adhkar to recite at the end when you're done with the wudu, which we will come up, which we will get to, inshallah, in the forthcoming wudu. Taib. Taras? Okay, so next week, inshallah, same time, on Saturday, after between Maghrib and Isha, and we even if we extend the shower a bit, I think it's for benefit, you know, to sit with, uh, with someone that's quite... Generally, the question should be on the subject of tahara or related. It will be best so that we can benefit as much. Inshallah, inshallah, in other city. And we can also, from my side, I would say, next week, Saturday, the same time, inshallah, and come with your questions, because it's an opportunity to ask a senior scholar who has studied under the most senior of Mashaykh, to ask him your questions. Uh, it's not uh, every day that we get an opportunity like this, so I would highly recommend we try and attend, and come with your questions, inshallah, so that you can benefit. The other announcement is, when we're done with Aisha, the woman can leave first, and then the men can. So we just give the woman a few minutes, uh, until they empty out, and then we can, uh, and then we can leave after that, so that there's not too much friction or you know uh, issues over here. And also, there's another room at the back that's and the back one. There's another two rooms here of the passage that's available for salah as well if it's crowded. And Allah knows best. Wassalamualaikum